Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hello. Also, special guest this week, the return of Kid Presentable. Got lost on the internet, found my way into this podcast. Thought I'd hang out for a little bit. How you doing, fellas? I feel it's not an accident. You you showed up a week where we have literally... Fuck all the talk about. All right. <laughs> Nothing filler. I saw the I saw the SD pop up in the uh, in in the teams, and for a second I'm like, "What the fuck is SD?" And then when your face came in, I'm like, "Oh wait, yeah, so yeah, all right, that makes sense." We got standard def on these webcams now. I was about to say your name, like I don't I don't know if we have that out in the uh, in the, the ether. The so. government name. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right, boys and girls. People really didn't watch a lot of fights this week. I saw the main you event. Watched one fight. I saw the main event. There was three minutes of action. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I said last week, we, if Jamal Hill does something cool, we'll know who he is next time. Mark, he did something cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, of course, I didn't watch this one live. But after the fact, I didn't. I just know he won. And I was like, all right, this, this couldn't possibly have lasted long. This is going to be worth my time. Um, and it is. For all of the two minutes and 55 seconds it lasted for, uh, Jamal Hill, he he put down Walker in. I there, I I can't remember. There was another fight where some tall guy flopped like this. I want to say it was Struve or something, where he kind of bent over forward and then strongly leapt backwards in a comedic fashion. Uh, so I mean that was I, I, Mark. Have you seen any of the memes? No, I have not oh. seen. I've not been on the uh, MMA meme accounts. Yeah, he was. Uh, someone put him into Mean Girls when they're doing the trust falls. They okay. said even if, like, even though he wasn't invited, Johnny Walker said he wanted to do a trust fall, and he was just him, you know, hands up, tipping backwards. I, and I don't want to lose the narrative here too, because I mean, the the fall from the first initial shot was comedic and, and funny in its own right. But uh, got to give Jamal Hill some credit. He also followed it up with a Dan Henderson like right that then put Walker out. Like in the first shot, he was kind of half conscious and he fell over and you can see the eyes were still there. And then he, he, he laid one more on him, a big jumping punch and Walker went sleep, sleep. So do you got, do you guys feel that he should have done the Mark hunt walk off? Because I feel a guy falls, how Johnny Walker falls. Like you could just walk off. But like the, the ref is going to get there. That's wave that shit off. Right. It's I mean, true. weird, weirder shit has happened. Unless they tell you to stop, you, you, you keep going because that that extra shot felt entirely unnecessary yeah and it was rough that one you know cut him from his consciousness so that was a, a brutal shot too so i mean in, i'm sure johnny walker would have wished he would have just stunted on him and walked away but he didn't he he, he hendersoned him and it'll be on some highlights right. for sure that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because i wanted to ask which shot was more <laughs> unnecessary and devastating hendo shot or or Jamal shot. Hendo's kind of the the, cla- they're, they're like, 
If they had an award for this, it'd be named after Hendo, possibly, that, man. That dude jumped in the air, Mike. He's like, I can't just land on him. I gotta get some gravity yeah. on this. this he did the MMA equivalent whole, of the Macho Man Elbow Drop. Yeah, and he made a business out of it afterward. He's like, you know what? That was such a good shot. I'm gonna take that he, little uh, silhouette. He got a, second, he got a title shirts. shot just because of that. Like, he was ranked, like, number 14. And they're like, well, you beat his I ass mean, once. Let's do it again. Mike, in in anime terms, Mike, uh, before Hendo launched that punch, you would see his entire childhood. You'd see his full <laughs> motivation. You'd see the whole montage of him discovering wrestling as a little boy. And it would lead all that back to that drop punch on Michael Bisping. Very true. Um, big win for Jamal Hill, though, guys. Um, yeah, main event. First main event, I'm sure. First main event. He's... Got one loss in the UFC. It was to Paul Craig. And it wasn't by triangle choke, which is rare in itself. Um, but overall, he's one, two, three, four, five, six and one in the UFC. He's like 30 years old, I think is what it says. Uh, which, still time to do stuff. Um, he did a shoey for some reason before the fight. Sure. And, but uh, before the fight? Before the fight? <laughs> Like on the entrance? Uh, I don't know. I guess backstage he did a shoey and he said the shoey gave him power. And I'm like, all these people are getting foot fungus and down their throats. That's what's happening. Are you allowed uh, to be drunk during the fight? Is there? These is are there good questions too. Competing drunk? These are good questions, Stefan. I don't know. I don't know That's what's happening. Style. He's got the drunken uh, master. In case you're curious, while you were gone, this sport hasn't become more organized. <laughs> okay, there hasn't been more rules. <laughs> the, the amount of booze being drunken out of shoes has increased drastically since you left. I, I don't understand exactly what happened. Where Joaquin Buckley. And I'm hoping Mike might know the answer to this because he's, I don't know, more into the meme culture in than tune. Mark is. But, like, they had he, had, he had a cornerman, which was this guy. He's, like, this jacked black oh, dude. Oh, come on. That's the self-defense thing from Detroit. Okay. Come on, dog. You've you seen his shit before. Okay. People are positing that he's, that someone is, people are taking the Mike Perry approach, just on the low, of kind of auctioning off. Or, like, taking money for their corner mm. spots. Which, if, if he did, I mean, that's genius. Gotta make that cheddar somehow. This that's is genius. Top dollar. <laughs> I mean, at the very least... Well, we, uh, we lost somebody. Right, no, we're good, we're good. At, at the very least, what he did there is that people were talking about Joaquin Buckley a lot more than they would have been regardless. Yeah, we haven't talked about Buckley since he hit that... Uh, was it, like, the spinning back kick where the guy ducked Ooh, into KO it? KO of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Then he lost his next fight, and we all said, "Oh, this guy sucks." So it all it all went from flash there. in the pan, baby. Dude, that's what that's what happens with these fight night cards, man. Somebody hits something cool. You think about it for a week. Like we might not remember who Jamal Hill is in you know three months. You know, it's really I mean, Johnny Walker. Talk about flash in the pans. That's who that guy is. Remember the remember the guy who got a knockout then separated his own shoulder because he tried to do the worm. That's who Johnny Walker is. Let's not forget. He about has what been. This guy is. Well, Stefan brings up a good point. Mark, Mike, this guy is one and four since that fight. Uh, he since he, you know, hurt himself. Since he dislocated his shoulder doing the worm. Yeah, and they're not like going well. Some of these, like he's, you know, he got knocked out in two of them. Um, he's not losing the bums. I mean, we're assuming. Jamal Hill is, you know, pretty solid, quite frankly. But got losses to Corey Anderson, Nikita Krylov. Uh, came back with a win against Brian Spann after, and then lost to Tiago Santos and Jamal Hill here. Um, I know he went to TriStar, which was supposed to turn him into less of a reckless person. I say he goes back to being just a reckless fighter. What do you think? 
because this isn't going well. Yeah, he, he definitely wasn't reckless in in this fight. He was being very cautious. He was picking his shots. Um, oh, it's correct. He's, tra he's was... training at uh, with Kavanaugh now at SBG Ireland. Apologies. Cool. Mm -hmm. Like Jamal Hill was, you know, stalking him throughout throughout this fight. I don't know. It could just be a matter of he's not as good as we thought he was. Um, you know, he came into the UFC. He had four straight fights coming off the contender series. Um, he he looked good, undoubtedly, in those four fights. And he got a lot of attention because he was doing the worm after every after every knockout. But, you know, as soon as he started fighting upper echelon competition, he's gotten exposed. There's his no man, harm in that. His biggest win was against Misha Serkinov, which that hype train just, it's just not there anymore. It's just gone. The train has, you know, been stolen, quite frankly, at this point. Um, Jamal Hill, I don't know if he was ranked going into this one. Um, he was. He was. He was uh, 12 or 13. Okay, I'm looking at the light heavyweight rankings because I have no idea who's even in this weight class at this point. But... Ozdemir is eight. What do you guys think? Reyes is seven. One of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's earned his spot into a top ten. Contender he just beat number ten. Sure. So yeah, you know maybe you know get get him one, and, give him one lower half of the top ten. And some of this uh, some of this sells itself. Didn't uh, Ozdemir uh, and him have a little back back and forth on Twitter? Between Sunday and today, where I think Ozdemir was saying he's still not ready or something to that effect, and is the implication Ozdemir is ready or there? I I think that's the implication. Does any do we all agree with that sentiment? Because I feel we all feel Ozdemir got exposed fifteen times over in his recent fights. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, he still carries oh. a name. I, Sorry, yeah, I, I mean, mean to steal that from Mike, but no, 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 you're fine, and and you're right. He still carries a name, and if you're thought talking about what the next logical step is, I mean, one of the names you guys mentioned was Ozdemir. Yeah, I think it's a good one. That makes sense. Um, Johnny Walker got a, he got to do something different. Um, I he's got to fight, you know, some guy on short and like maybe some guy who some veteran who's ranked number number thirty two. I don't know how many light heavyweights they have. But he needs a win badly, is what I'm getting at. He needs a he needs a win, and he needs to look good in the process. Yeah, he um, needs the correct chip. He's definitely, you know, his career has not, you know, in the right trajectory at this moment. But you know, it's not to take anything away from him. He's still, you know, a, a solid striker. He's only 29. You know, he's, so, and he's he's fairly young and he's charismatic. You know, and, and you know, as much as W's and L's matter, you know, being able to generate some kind of response from the crowd or just get people interested in your fight probably carries more weight, sadly, you know. And, and again, at the end of the day, at least the guy, you know, win, lose, or draw, he's going out there and he's finishing a fight or he's getting knocked out. I think he said, you know, this was a short notice fight coming into a main event. So they basically pushed it from a three round to a five round. And he's like, yeah, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about this five rounds. It's not going that long one way or another. And, you know, I feel like when you're trying to make a run for the title, W's are for sure the most important thing. But if you're just trying to be relevant and trying to, you know, get your name out there and, you know, have some fun and garner some fans, you know, he's doing a decent job of that. But he, he, he needs to get W's, too. He, he needs to have performances yeah. where he's not getting laid out like an oak tree. This one is hopefully will motivate him to take that next step because this was probably a little bit of a humbling loss. You know, this is a guy that you probably thought 
stylistically matched up well with him and he could do some good work on and got styled on so mike what was the analogy you gave me when you after you watched the fight of how how he fell over you compared it to ah he uh he fell over like he's a toy and andy just came into the room yeah that was (laughs) that was well put um mike has a good way with words when people get knocked out fell over like a big oak tree came from mike also (laughs) while crying through tears (laughs) after uh big homie manny newton put down king mo um this was at the apex the ufc still at the apex with all these uh garbage fight night cards um there's one next weekend but uh let's just knock out some news before we talk about that um i guess mark are we buying this i mean henry zahudo training yet another title 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 challenger he he trained Whaley for the rose rematch she did way better with some people even thinking she won uh, he trained david davis and figurito against moreno for the re, for the for their third fight uh, Figueroa took that title. Sounds like he, and it looks like he's training with the Korean Zombie for Zombies uh, fight. This uh, I don't know, is it? I don't think it's the next card. It might be the card after that. Yeah, it's not. It's not on this Covington and Masvidal thing. It's on the next one, I think. Right. Um, for that bout against Alexander Volkanovsky, I think we all recognize that a lot of the Cejudo shtick is self, you know, promotion and stuff. But do we get? I mean. Proof is kind of in the pudding so far. What do you think about him, about the zombie training over there? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I'm not so much on board where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is, you know, a fantastic trainer and everyone he touches is just, you know, becoming victorious because that's not the case. I mean, and and you laid it out there and you can also look at Gastelum, you know, like he has some prodigies that he's trying to mold and the results have been a bit mixed, but these are high level competitors, you know, fighting for belts. And for the most part, they have been acquitting themselves, you know, pretty good. So. I think Henry is a good camp for Zombie potentially to go to because I think one thing that Zombie is really good at but hasn't been utilizing is his ground game. If he can kind of fix up his ability to control where the fight's taking place and control getting into clinches, control taking someone down and utilizing a top game because that's something that we haven't seen from him in a while but was really one of his strengths was, I mean, and obviously you look back at what he did with the twister, one of the first guys to pull it off. I mean, outside of even that submission, it's a part of his game that is underutilized and maybe one of his strongest strengths, but it's not as fan friendly. You know, he's become known as, you know, this fun, you know, exciting fighter because he's getting in these slug fests and they're fun fights. But, you know, again, he's not getting as much W's as potentially he would. It's hard to have that strategy when you're fighting top five guys, top three guys, too. You know, when you're going to, if you're going to go with that kind of style, it's easier to implement, I guess, in lower state fights. But we also saw with Henry, you know, someone who, I mean, obviously, you know, his background in Greco-Roman wrestling is much greater than a lot of his, you know, apprentice. But his ability to take fights down and control them on top got him championships. He beat Mighty Mouse. It, it, that fight was not very exciting. Or no, but he found a way. <laughs> and, but he found a way to get that dude on the ground and and steal rounds from him. And that's valuable, you know, technique that he could pass on to these guys. And from what we've heard from the fighters is they like working with them. And I think, I mean, you told me and you showed me a tweet today was basically, you know, Korean Zombie saying like, yeah, you know, on camera, he says a lot of stuff to promote or whatever, and it's all kind of cringy. But like when it comes to being in the room, 
this is a high echelon athlete that knows how to win championships and be successful. I mean, yeah, so he's, he's a gold medalist. He and he's won two, gold medalist with two UFC titles. So it's hard to yeah. diminish him, you know, just for his nonsense. Steph, you're a zombie fan, but we all recognize against Alex Volkanovsky, zombie's got to get this to the ground, right? Because just standing with Alex Volkanovsky is a recipe for disaster for him, probably. Or at least a recipe for not winning a fight. <laughs> I mean, the granted. I, has Alec, what was his last fight? Was it against Holloway? Has, has it been a while with him? It was the Ortega, Ortega one, yeah. Ortega beat Zombie to get that shot, too. Is that the, is that, did he cleanly win, or was that the one where it was a little questionable? No, he won for sure. It was what, what Ortega somehow didn't choke him in that third round, was what it was, I think. It was the miracle. I guess I'm just, largest thing is there's been a couple outlier performances with Alex, but he, he's good at, from what I remember, he's good with output, and he has good hand speed, Yeah. right? And zombie, obviously, he does plotting. If he does the plotting zombie thing, that's the perfect recipe for him to lose a unanimous decision, right? Exactly. Volkanovski just outputs him for the whole thing. Because, like, I don't think of Volkanovski as, like, a one-hitter quitter, like, supreme power puncher. He's a volume guy. And he can't. Oh, yeah. My, my, my recipe for, my recipe for on, disaster, but, yeah. Stefan, my apologies. My recipe for disaster is definitely losing this fight. Like, easily in five yeah. rounds is what I meant. That's, I'm like, he's going to get slept necessarily. Um, Mike, some MMA math. We saw Zombie get tuned up on the feet by Brian Ortega. Probably means you got to go to the ground with, uh, if you're going to do that against Volkanovski, right? Yeah, I think between the three of them in this triangle, Zombie is definitely the, well, not between Ortega. Yeah, in the, in the triangle of the three of these guys, Zombie is the worst striker. Um, probably, yeah. Yeah, he's and get, he's got to get on top. Mark's making a good point, huh? Got to get on top. <laughs> Zombie, I think, athletically is going to be too slow for Volkanovski. Um, we're not reinventing the wheel here by saying that only chance he has is to get get it to the ground. Then, if Suhudo is actually showing chops at being a good coach, having a gold medalist wrestler um, mm -hmm. teach you a few things to try to get the ground to your for uh, get get it to your forte. It's not a bad idea. I will uh, say one underlying thing, too, is that Zombie's good at applying pressure. I mean, and, and oh that's yeah. kind of why he got his name, is that he is good at walking forward. And if he's going to fight a guy like Alexander, who maybe isn't putting a lot of, you know, mustard on the punches, he might get the willpower to be like, okay, I just have to power forward to this guy. The, the trouble there is going to be, yeah, the, the footwork, being able to trap him against the cage, and even if he's able to get him the clinch, ultimately getting him down. But... I think, you know, if I'm zombie and I look at that Ortega fight, it's like, okay, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to get him down. But when he did get down, he got caught in a deep submission. Like, this guy's not, you know, rank S in every place in, you know, MMA. Like, you know, and, and Ortega is the best of the best. So you can't just say, like, oh, I'm going to replicate what that guy's done because he's not really at that level either. But you could take some things away. So I think did it's still Brian an top? fight. But do you remember if Brian got on top I of I don't him? even remember how it happened. But yeah, because I wasn't even home. Got then... to the ground. He could have knocked him down for all. I, I remember, remember. Stefan was texting me saying, oh, my God, Brian Ortega had a choke in. And for some reason, Alec Volkanovsky is still breathing. <laughs> like, pretty much. Like, you don't understand how he survived it. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Um, Mike. You know why, Bobby? It's because Volkanovsky was a heavyweight. He's yeah. got that thick uh, fire hydrant neck, right? It's got to really squeeze it shut. Um, Mike, you mentioned we got a, we got a Chimeyev sighting. He's actually doing something. Yeah, Chimeyev is apparently bloodying up Darren Till. Uh, Darren Till went over to Chimeyev's gym to, to train with him, and I guess he got better at getting his ass kicked. 
I saw a clip of I saw a still image of Chimeyev from his last fight, where it was uh, captioned, uh, "Kamzat Chimeyev uh, holds Li Jing Yang in the air like a small child while he yells at Dana White to stop looking at his phone," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it did happen, huh?" He was just he's that far ahead of everybody there. Um, what else we got? We got Bryce Mitchell out here saying crazy stuff on MMA Hour, ensuring that he's never invited back on the MMA Hour. So uh, now. Uh, before the podcast, we briefly mentioned this one, and I gotta say, there's different differing levels of crazy. All right, there's crazy what Bryce Mitchell had been doing before, but when you get to you know, uh, Sandy Hook is a is a hoax and like uh, it's not so much a hoax like, as the government flag operation no, no, no. or whatever. Like he's that's, saying that, that's a different level. He's saying the government killed these killed children is what he's saying. He's yeah, not okay, saying it that, didn't happen. That's even worse. Yeah, I'm that's saying, even I'm not, worse no, I'm saying don't diminish it. it. It's not that it didn't happen. He's saying it happened and the government planned it. It's what it was, all right? Um, that, um, this is what this sport is, so is what it is. Um, the other news, which made me laugh, is that apparently Misha Tate, well, I knew she was on Celebrity Big Brother. So she's on Celebrity right. Big Brother. She's there cutting to 125, so she's got like medicine balls and stuff. I don't exactly understand how Big right. Brother works. I never watched it. But apparently Misha is just like the queen of this game, like plotting okay. and getting people voted out and stuff. Like Misha apparently is playing chess while all these other celebrities are playing checkers. So uh, what what does she win ultimately? I don't know. I don't understand anything about Big Brother. So, uh, no one on Celebrity Big Brother has enough money that they shouldn't. Just take the money themselves, okay? okay. You, I mean, that, right? you know what? That's fair. You're a celebrity, but you know there's levels to this game. They're like he's not everyone schemed to, to get rid of uh, Carson Kressley, and I'm like, who the fuck is Carson Kressley? Isn't that the queer eye guy? Okay, now we learned queer eye guy. So which one though? I watch queer eye. I don't even know who that is from the old from the old oh, show. Oh, okay. The I only know no, the, the new queer eye guys aren't at Big Brother celebrity yet, man. They gotta fail um, for a couple years. Speaking of Big Brother, I don't know if you guys heard about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. A clip showed that Lamar Odom took a shit at his bed while in the middle of the night. I did see that. That's true. I'd be sad. Because Lamar Odom's got problems. TV or is that security footage that just I, got out? Well, I mean, it's Big Brother, so it's all security okay, footage. Okay, okay, okay. Hence, I hence the name, I, I, Big Brother. There was not a lot of context there, Mike, besides this dude took a shit in his bed and it is on film. Yeah. I mean, like, the... The reports that came out afterwards is that I think he had a bad reaction and there was a lot of dairy and I guess he's lactose intolerant. <laughs> and I think I think at least two of us on this podcast here, you know, we, we got our issues with dairy. So, like, we can all sympathize there. Are there people sure. in their 30s who are handling dairy as well as they did when they were younger? I don't think that exists. Like, <laughs> it's not going better I mean, for, for all my problems, though. It's like. You know, the only time there's ever a bathroom emergency is like I'm out of the house, I'm caught in traffic. He was in bed. He was at home. The bathrooms were around. What was the hubris scenario? That look, he's you know, like, he, look, he was I'm ripping a fart. He was ripping a fart. You know it. And yeah. like, come on, he thought he he thought he had a grasp have, on it. Have we all <laughs> never have none of us ever sharted before? Come on, Steph. I mean, I live alone, Mike. Those, I, I just I, I hang out in the bathroom the past time, you know. Yeah. Like you take no chances. You just hang out in the bathroom. Yeah, it's exactly. no problem with that. Yeah, exactly. Um all right. Um so we were we thought we were going to be picking this week. <laughs> Mark's a lot. Well, there's no pivot from that. There really right. isn't. Mike's <laughs> talking about a guy literally literally shitting the bed. 
Literally. Two-time NBA champion. Shit <laughs> no the transition bed. that you can make that makes any type yeah. of sense. Well, speaking of shit in the bed, what's, what happened last week, Bob? Yeah, it's... Man uh, was that, part of the Kardashian family. Shit is bad. He's part of the Literally shit family? the bed. Hey, he's married to Chloe, no? Wasn't he? Sure. Well, you know, I heard Darush here kind of shit the bed for himself. How about Thank you. Tell us about that. Thank you. Dari Vanil Dariush got hurt. Um, short notice. Uh, he was supposed to Vanil Dariush versus Islam Makachev was going to be the fight this weekend. Um, someone actually willing to fight Islam was nice to see. Someone ranked high like Vanil. So, uh, but Vanil got hurt, apparently. So they needed somebody else to step in. And somebody was listening to the podcast. Because literally we were talking about how much this man deserves a five-round main event on the podcast. Literally like a week ago, two weeks we, that ago. That was what like, the podcast was about last week. We, Mark and I spent <laughs> 10 minutes talking about Bobby Green, I think. Um, Bobby Green taking this fight on short notice. Mark, you said a catch weight, right? Yeah, that's what I saw. I thought it was like 165 or 160 or something, which at first I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, I don't think Bobby usually does catch weight. I was like, oh, yeah, he fought two weeks ago. So yeah, he said like, he's walking yeah, around at go. 195, and I'm like, that can't be true. Right, but I that's a not. lot of weight. That's that's a lot of weight to cut, Bobby. Um, that's a lot of weight to gain from just being 155. I was going to say, like, even if like you're walking okay, in the cage and like baby. 175, I'm like, that's a lot of weight. Um, look, um, I'm not going to even waste our time. We're all picking Bobby Green. To lose, to oh, lose. Okay. Like, I was like, we're all picking Bobby Green to lose, Mike. We're all picking Bobby Green to lose. He is a minus. Oh, he's like a plus five hundred underdog, I think, or something like that. Uh, according since, since to really Fanduel, according to Fanduel, he is a plus five forty underdog. So we are definitely all picking Islam to win. However, I am putting a sweet twenty on Bobby Green on Fanduel. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. the best. Yeah, that's one of the better ones you're gonna get. I'm a, the DraftKings only five hundred. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm gonna go lock that shit in right. You might now. as well pick Bobby Green by uh, and say wait. it's less than five rounds because there's no equation for Bobby Green's winning a decision. I'm just gonna say it. I don't know what the equation is. Where Bobby Green wins a. Is this five rounds too? But that's the thing. The main event, Bobby Green so. wins. He wins a decision. That's true. Um, he wins via decision. Fair. Is his. Main route to winning. Look, Mark, I want Bobby Green to win as much as anybody wants anybody to win, but it's just not sure. going to happen this week. It seems like a giant, it's a tall order if there ever was one. Yeah, I mean, well, Islam since I'm has... not in the standings, you Please. know, and as, as as a special visiting guest, I'm a, I'm gonna give my pick to Bobby Green because I didn't know he was a short notice fight. All I did is before I went, I went onto an MMA website before I joined you guys on this pod, and all I saw was in regards to the top ten lightweights, Bobby Green says. All them guys are a bunch of pussies. I didn't see and that. So, he called them all pussies. <laughs> Bobby Green's now, out here talking. Steph, I was picking Bobby Green. Now, Steph, just so you know, you pick Bobby Green. If Bobby Green ends up losing, there's about to be five things on that standings that you always go be Owen Wood. So Mike you go refused to take you off the standings last year because there was a point where he was third for a while. He's like, no. You know, sometimes people are, are you, need you're that aware, little You're aware what happened boost. at the end of the year, Stefan? Mike... Picked a cop instead of Derek Lewis. All right, and he lost because of that. So I see. Last matter, bro. <laughs> yeah, but then here in twenty two, y'all suckers be picking Derek Lewis in his hometown as if that's a good outcome. So Derek, I Lu Derek Lewis got me this. This I'm holding my belt up for the all audio listeners we have. So I had to run with Derek Lewis. There's another Dalkus on the card last week. By the way, did anybody care to see if it was related, or do we even not care anymore? Kyle mm, Dalkus. I don't think it was because it was. Oh, it was catch weights. I don't really even know what weight class it was in. I don't um, think that was him. It was Chris 
Daukus was the Kyle. Now that was Chris. This is Kyle. Significantly smaller. Um, so uh, this card is garbage. As usual, uh, this is very much as to quote the co-main event podcast, just some fights. Um, Misha Serkinov is in the... I don't know Misha Serkinov went to 185. Let me go with that, too. Misha Serkinov is fighting at 185 uh, against some guy taking a fight on short notice. My brother texted me and said, what's going on with these Armenian guys in this card next week? Because there's uh, there's two guys with last names ending in Y-A-N. This is just definite Armenians. Um, Armin Sarukian and Armin Petrosian. So... Though that's that's happening too. This is garbage as usual. Um, UFC's got a pay per view next week, which I honestly believe the UFC's intentionally not loading up. I honest to God believe this. Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal is the main event. I'll be watching. Saw that, that. we got a titleless pay per view. Like no, they're t- really expecting anyone to buy this thing. Also, this is also <laughs> the fir- is this the first one where they raise the price or is this. Or is it I not? thought the last one was. Last one. I thought Izzy's was they announced it the same day, though, Steph. They announced that the paper prices went up to 75, and then they said, hey, in March, you guys want to see Batman? No, nah, you don't want to see Batman. Instead, watch Colby Covington and Rory Mosfidel oh, that Saturday shit. for 75 yeah, doesn't, bucks. Doesn't Batman come out next? The day before. Yeah. Like Friday fourth. after next? Yeah, the fourth. Um, I will be seeing Batman, likely, during this paper. I got to get my ticket. Man. I do, too. Um. I, uh, speaking of Covington, Michael Bisping. Uh, Michael Bisping is pretty entertaining on his YouTube channel. And this man was not happy that Colby Covington has the same punching power as him in the EA UFC game. Okay? Mm. He's like, hey, has anybody has Colby Covington ever knocked anybody out with a one shot? And I'm like, nope. And then, like, in his defense, although we know Michael Bisping is not exactly Mike Tyson, but Michael Bisping's got 18 of his 30 wins by knockout. Colby Covington's got four of his 19 wins. Yeah, but how many came from a one? He has that one. No, no. <laughs> even if it's that. Even if, he's get, even if he's taking a lot of shots to do it. At least he's got knockouts. Right? At least he's got enough to stop the fight. Um, I feel I, like uh, th- those are empty knockouts, man. Like, unless you're doing it by, you know, just like one or two hits. Like, get out He's not here. saying he should be, you know, have the knockout power of Ninganu. He's just saying he wants at least one more he's than saying, Colby Covington. He's not then. saying make mine higher. He's just saying make his lower. Yeah, that might even be what he's saying. He's like, what's the lowest for power? <laughs> when we got to look, we got to look at all the stats, too, because it could be like maybe Covington has more striking accuracy they, they than power. Do... Was it was just power. I know. I The game is free i should download it at some point here um, it is free this month on uh, yes it is i are they at the point yet where they were be like oh we got like 1999 vanderlei and we have 2007 vanderlei they actually kind of did bob they did a legends pack a few okay. months ago that's like the but best not, thing not, that, not all of them that's but the best thing for anderson the, uh, and reem and bisbing that's the best thing the wwe game does i like where it's just like sure. you want triple h when he didn't suck here we go 2002 triple h when he was on everything um, I mean, is it, Bob? That's how you pad a roster with not actually involving real people. Got Why don't we have seven of versions of Daniel Bryan instead of just having different wrestlers? I wonder if Daniel Bryan's going to be in the game. Speaking of which, there are two versions of The Miz in the latest uh, WWE game. I watched the I thing. I need two versions of him. I watched I the uh, the roster rating reveal thing. I watched the whole thing, mostly for Woods. It was, it was Xavier Woods and Bailey were hosting it. And I guess The Miz is Miz from 2011 – when he was a 90 because he, like, he ran event at WrestleMania and he 
pin John Cena there. That pretty much is the reason. Wait, he the Miz main event to WrestleMania? Yeah, it was him and How Cena. How down was wrestling in? No, this was this is they kind of they did a main event of Cena versus Miz with The Rock as like a special enforcer. The Rock came in the ring, hit John Cena with the Rock bottom, put the Miz on him, and they used that WrestleMania to say that in a year The Rock was going to face John Cena. And then they did that all again a year after that. Wrestling wasn't good for a while, Mike, is my understanding, okay? <laughs> there was a whole stretch where nobody was really paying attention to this stuff. Uh, by the way, um, since we're... I, I, we, we're already at the fucking stuff we like now, aren't we? 30 minutes into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite uh, my favorite comments from uh, when Cody Rhodes uh, left AEW was the guy said, the poor developer that spent the last six months animating Kobe, Cody's... Long ass entrance into the video game is so angry oh, right word. now. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, that poor guy." <laughs> um, we're gonna end with uh, Peacemaker, but for stuff we like, this is. I, I learned that I kind of knew this already. I was watching uh, the WWE Saudi show on Saturday morning while I was folding laundry. And while it is reprehensible that they take the money and the show itself was garbage, I've realized if you show me something at 9 a.m. while I'm folding clothes and drinking coffee, I'm pretty okay with whatever I'm watching. I'm just like, okay, this isn't, this isn't good. I'm like, this Elimination Chamber match took about 14 minutes. I expected 40, but all right. Becky and- Becky Lynch right now is wearing some big old platforms on WWE Raw. Mike, you're watching TV while we're doing this. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the fucking show, so I'm like, let me see if uh, Cody Rhodes is a. I mean, also (laughs) to pal on the mic wagon, he also placed a bet and bought movie tickets. (laughs) So Mike's getting shit done here. You know, he's got a multitask. Um, I haven't bought the movie tickets yet. You gotta wait until the bet wins. I'm gonna tell you something I don't like. He's already something I don't like, fellas. This Batman movie is clocking in at two hours and fifty six minutes. That's a long movie. What the fuck? Yo, you know my feeling on movie length. Comedy Dude, hour and a half. Everything else. Everything else is two o'clock. It's two hours unless you gotta tell some historical shit. Okay, that's that's me at this point. Um, yeah, the Saudi show wasn't wasn't good. Um, I it was. I don't like when I know exactly when I can predict every single thing that's happening, except for the part where the man got dumped on the top of his head and I thought he broke his neck. Um, that wasn't great. Bob, you like AEW though. All their outcomes are predictable. What do you mean? I know, you but, like I, but, but they picked the happy out. They, pick, they picked. Actually, let me be clear. I don't like when I know the shitty outcome in advance. Because <laughs> yes, that's the difference. Is Vince McMahon wants to be like you guys suck and everything you guys like. It's uh, stupid. I'm gonna give you what you should like. Uh, that's the Vince McMahon. AEW is like, you're great. Go. F- yeah. Fuck. We'll do this. <laughs> what do you want? We'll do that next. It's no problem. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I'm not big. I don't. I'm not. I. I don't know. I guess Bianca Belair and, and Becky Lynch is a cool match for WrestleMania. I don't know. We needed a third Brock versus. I don't know what they're on. Third or fourth Brock versus Roman WrestleMania match. But I'm enjoying uh, top knot Cowboy Brock Lesnar generally. But that was a weird. I didn't think he had to beat everybody in the match in you know three minutes. That was unfortunate. Um, but I don't know. They're not booking the show for me. And I saw that The Miz is going to team with Logan Paul at WrestleMania. 
Okay. Doing Logan Paul again? Yeah, why not? I, I bet Johnny Knoxville gets an Intercontinental title shot, man. Um, yeah. Maybe it doesn't need to be two days, WrestleMania, huh? One day sounds fine. Um, but honestly, I, I do I do like watching stuff in the morning, though. That was my main point here, actually, about something I do like. I do like watching, like, whenever there's a UFC card at, like, 10 a.m., I'm like, yeah, okay, I like this. Let's just watch this um, I'd recommend uh, moving to Hawaii. Then everything that happens is just in the morning for you. You <laughs> that know, might be the move, I was man. in Hawaii. I was watching NFL football. All the games wrapped by about two p.m. I'm like, Jesus Christ! It's was the it rest a, of the day now. I don't. Was know it what to Australia do. where they they did the UFC event and they also started it at that really early time because the people there were just used to fighting, used to fights at that time. Like when they go to Australia and do the pay per views, it's still live. I know it's for Sweden yeah. where they make it happen in the odd twilight AM hours just for their hometown hero Gustafson to get knocked out on good comfortable US time. <laughs> no, I know I that was funny. I do I do think they do that in Australia though. I think they said the people are used to watching fights like at 8 a.m. So they put the they start the event for the main car to be at 8 a.m. I'm like I might be the way to go. I mean there's many reasons where I've considered moving to Australia or New Zealand, but <laughs> this would be one of them too. Um yeah, and everything else I was going to say is for Peacemaker. Stefan, you haven't been around for a while. Why don't you tell us what's, what, what you're into? What's been going on with you? I'm sure Mark talked about Sifu. That's the game I've been talking with Mark about a bunch lately. Do quite enjoy it. Um, I did pick up a uh, free MMO via our buddy Eddie's uh, recommendation called Lost Ark. I guess it came out in uh, South Korea a few years ago, but it kind of got the like Western International launch this last week. Um, I think I like it. Uh, it's free to play, but my God, if you want to play it, the wait times are atrocious. Uh, it is so popular. Like I tried logging in last night and it said I was like number 12,000 in line to join the server. I cooked dinner. I ate dinner. I was number 4,000 in line and I'm like, okay, an hour and a half has gone by. I'm just going to do something else. I'm getting out of this line. I don't want to play this MMO that bad. I've gotten to play it for like a handful of hours. Um, it's cool. You know, uh, MMOs, you know, none, none of us have time to go back to the WoW days. Uh, it does seem like leveling is a bit quicker. And one thing I appreciate, at least so far, I've been able to do everything solo. You know, um, I don't feel like I have to get in groups, which is like holding up any progress I've made. Like I said, I haven't gotten to play all that much just because uh, server times are atrocious. Um, Mike, we were talking about a little earlier. I guess my big thing is... Um, I got to see my ultimate K-pop group live. Um, my favorite K-pop group twice doing a six-city U.S. tour. And I went to the one that doesn't belong. Granted, it's my hometown, but we could all freely acknowledge one of these cities is an outlier. And that was Oakland, California. But um, obviously happy they came. That's like I live like all of five, ten minutes from it right in my like backyard. Um, show was fucking fantastic. Uh, SF Chronicle reviewed it and was giving it like glowing five star, five star. Um, I made a sign. My two favorite members acknowledged my sign. Uh, you know, I, the one thing I, I can say is like, uh, I went by myself just because, uh, either it was a mess getting tickets, you know, ticket, ma if you're an American and you've ever tried to buy tickets on Ticketmaster to a popular event, you know, Ticketmaster fucking sucks. It's a legal monopoly here. And, what do they do? They pay a lot of money to both the Democrats and Republicans. How has no one busted like TM for all their shitty monopolistic practices for the last multiple decades? But um, yeah, I just didn't have no anyone who could get tickets or who could afford aftermarket tickets because um, like I want to say floor tickets were going as high as four grand. Um, 
you know, I was telling Mike, I'm thinking about doing something really irresponsible. I'm thinking about buying a floor ticket to see them again in New York, getting that quick flight, get that quick turnaround time. I'm looking at Georgia, seeing if the prices sir, in the South are a little bit better than New York's. Sir, you just said that floor tickets could run you about four G's. And you told me you were like four rows behind. So I'm just doing some connective math in my head right now. And oh, you stop, do, stop doing irresponsible things. That's all I, I'm saying. I paid a lot of money, but I actually, for what the market became, I actually didn't pay that bad for where I was. Um, I think face value for the floor would have been about 300 I paid about seven. Oh, that's um, not bad at all. Yeah, I think it's okay. what happened is uh, I went to because I went to like the aftermarket, like af- right after the Ticketmaster sale failed and I just bought it. I think if that guy had held on to the tickets for three more hours, he would have seen that they immediately started climbing to fifteen hundred two grand. Um, mm. So, you know, no take backs on the sales. So That's true. Um, no backs. I paid, you know, I, I paid an inflated price, but to what the market became, you know, we're. I expected it, right? Like, we were coming off the pandemic. No one had been touring for two years. People got a lot of pent-up, I need to do some shit, I need to see some shit money in their accounts. So, And it's also just a K-pop group. How often are they going to be in the United States? And like I said, I got everything I wanted out of it, right? I, I was, you know, in reaching distance to the stage. I got, you know, favorite members, notice signs, everything. And it was just a, a damn good time. I went alone, but in the merch line, group of people in front of me adopted me. You know, like had friends, basically made newfound friends. Like, it's just K-pop is such a happy thing. Like, I I don't know what to co- compare it to because when I go to sporting events, I fucking hate everyone else there. Right? When's the last sporting event and you loved the people sitting around you? Right? Like, no, they're all obnoxious. They're all annoying. But like, everyone at this K-pop concert, it's all love. It's all positive. It's all happy. It's everyone just wants to talk about their favorite song, their favorite member. People want to ask you about, oh, what's the first song you heard? How did you get into this group? Like, it's just all positive feelings. Like, completely, it's what sports is supposed to be. But the toxic competitive aspect makes everyone a jerk instead. Like, it, it truly was just like one of the best days like I could ever remember. And so, yeah, that's why I'm thinking about doing irresponsible things, seeing him again. But um, yeah, no, it was a absolutely great time. Loved it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in that uh, post uh, I'm in that depression phase now where it's like, now that it's done, like what the hell do I have to look forward to in life? Not a goddamn thing, left. to be honest. There's <laughs> unless nothing you get left. to New York, unless you see New York, baby. <laughs> unless I go to New York. Keep keep the keep the keep, uh, keep chasing that dragon, Mark. You know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, show wise, watching a lot of anime. Mike, have you heard about my dress up, darling? No. It is the most wholesome fucking rom com you could ever have. You wouldn't think it's a. It's about a guy who who makes classical dolls, and then a girl who's into cosplay, but she sucks at making outfits. Perfect chemistry. Hit of the season, Mike. It's one of those things. You don't think you'll give a shit about it. It's like the quintuplets, Mike. You don't think you're going to care. But the chemistry of the characters will keep you there. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot because once upon a time, I thought Food Wars was the worst idea for a TV show ever. And it's one of my favorite animes. Come so Mike, I, anime, I will never Iron not Chef, give an anime. How is that a bad premise to you? I'll never not give an anime at least one episode. All right. Give give the one, Mike. Um, no, no offense, but which TV show are you not willing to give one episode to? Uh, fair, fair point. point. 
I mean, you, you're it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a quality I enjoy. You're willing to give everything a shot. Sometimes you'll give it longer than a shot. Then, like you've already decided to suck. Then you're three episodes later for some reason. But, you know, you, you, because you you want to be able to say, all right, I gave it the old college try. This show really fucking sucks. Mike confirms the kill. He double yes. taps the head. You know, <laughs> this is bad. And yeah. eight episodes later, it continues to be bad. <laughs> um, Mike. What do you got? Uh, anime wise, I'm pretty. I'm. I think Steph uh, watches this show. Um, uh, the final, the second part of the final season of Attack the final, on Titan. Final season. Final, <laughs> final, for sure, for sure. Of Attack on Titan is uh, still premiering every Sunday, and I am really enjoying the fact that I have not read ahead in the manga, so. Everything that's happening right now is still new for me. Um, did you finish reading the manga stuff? No, I'm an anime only when it comes to Attack on Titan. So, so um, have you I'm, watched I'm the super happy episode. to have. Yes, I'm all up to date on it. I'm super happy that like all these twists and turns. Okay. I don't know what's coming. Like I'm having yeah. very natural reactions to it. it. Exactly. Like that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes um, as an anime guy, you know, you just need to know what happens next, right? Which is then you go down the rabbit hole reading all of the manga, and then the anime is spoiled for you. Mike, quintessential quintuplets. I needed to see who the bride was. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, I haven't. I like the show, but I don't care enough <laughs> to go read the manga for that one. Fair enough. But Fair enough. I'm I'm happy that for Attack on Titan, I didn't do that um, because I these other two guys are never going to watch this shit. So um, I was genuinely. I genuinely thought that Levi was dead. So in the last episode, when it has a reveal that he's alive, I had an oh shit moment in my bedroom. Um, it's a show that I think has been around since, what, 2012, maybe? 2011, give or take. Um, it's a show that has a very rabid uh, fan base. It's a very serious, um, mature show for, uh, for an anime. Um, I tried getting Bobby to watch it because I, I thought that would be the type of like anime that if he were going to watch something, it would be this. Um, but something I'm really, really enjoying. I'm kind of sad that they have maybe two or three episodes of that from the way that the story is really ramping up. Besides that, um, not much else. Marcus. Yeah, uh, like I've been mentioning the last couple of weeks, we're kind of in a really good time for video games. There's just a ton of stuff dropping. And this last week, out of nowhere, um, CD Projekt Red announced they were going to do a little Cyberpunk 2077 stream. Uh, we knew that a PS5 Xbox Series X version was coming out. It was actually supposed to come out last year, and then it got pushed to quarter one of this year. We didn't really know when it was going to drop. So when they announced this stream, I at least figured they would give a date. I wasn't really expecting them to release the PS5 version day of. Uh, very happy that they did, even though it's not like the best time because my plate already, you know, I cup runneth over, um, as I mentioned last week. But yeah, so still playing Oli Oli World. I've, like Steph, I was talking about, I had been playing Sifu. I've kind of dropped that because <laughs> I'm in a tough spot where it's like, I, I just have to learn how to fight this boss i'm not super looking forward to it so i've kind of stopped that a little bit 
fully uh, dropped into Cyberpunk 2077 because this was a game that I was really excited for, um, but held off and wanted to play, you know, potentially the best version I could, uh, that being the PS5 version. Um, so I've been putting a lot of time into that. And then last Friday, Horizon Forbidden West also dropped. And I did play a little bit of that. And, you know, about the hour or so I played, I, I found really enjoyable. But um, I have been looking forward to Cyberpunk for quite a while. And I've really enjoyed the game. Uh, I have not really ran into too many bugs, which is really nice. One of the payoffs of, you know, waiting later to get this better version of it. Um, I'm not a big frame rate guy, so I haven't noticed any big drops or anything. Overall, it's been a pretty smooth, uh, you know, a little less than 10 hours I played. And, you know, I had, I had gotten really into the cyberpunk kind of lore and world um, before the game came out last year. Uh, my brother-in-law got me the beginner set for Cyberpunk Red, which is the tabletop RPG. And then I ran like four sessions of that. So I was very familiar with kind of, you know, the tropes and structure of, you know, that universe. So to actually play the game, I've really thoroughly been enjoying it. You know, it and it has its flaws. And I kind of wish it wasn't first person. I would think I would enjoy this more if it was like a third person action game, kind of like Horizon is. Uh, but I've still really enjoyed it and still very much looking looking forward to playing more of it. Um, but you know, the fun doesn't stop there. Uh, this week we have Elden Rings dropping on Friday. That's the next game from, uh, from software, which looks really good. Um, there it's taking more of an open world approach, which I think is also very interesting in that, you know, these souls games are very difficult and a lot of times you do have different paths you can take. So if you do find yourself running into a roadblock, you can always go back and be like, okay, let me explore this other path I didn't, and maybe that'll be a little bit easier for me, or just you know, get me out of the mindset instead of like keep fighting the same enemies or something. So this being completely open world, you're gonna have even more kind of avenues to kind of travel down. So if you are finding a certain dungeon or area to be troublesome, it'll be very easy to kind of go somewhere else and kind of refresh yourself. So I think that's a really interesting approach. Um, outside of that, I didn't even mention last week, even though I'm not playing it, I've been really excited to watch people play King of Fighters 15. I really like the series King of Fighters. The newer iterations have gotten really complex and maybe too much so that I'm interested to really like jump in and play myself. But I love watching guys like Maximilian Dude, uh, Justin Wong uh, play at a high level and kind of just see what the game's capable of. And it does look really interesting and compelling and fun. And I've, I've always liked the King of Fighters cast a lot. So that's been fun. And then just last night, not too surprisingly last week, Capcom had a countdown for some big announcement. And, you know, anytime a publisher kind of puts one of these countdowns out, everyone, you know, their minds kind of wander and go crazy with, you know, potentially what they might announce. And once I learned that it was the countdown was going to be right around the time they finished the street fighter five Capcom cup, it, it was pretty apparent. This is probably going to be street fighter six or some fighting game that Capcom would announce next. And, and lo and behold, they, they did announce street fighter six and just with the teaser trailer, which was just CG. Um, and I love Street Fighter. Uh, I've been a defender of Street Fighter V since it came out. Uh, it was a game that, because of its lack of features, kind of forced me to play online. And I ended up really enjoying that, even though playing online fighting games really wasn't something I gravitate towards. Uh, that game kind of taught me that while it can be frustrating to kind of hit your head against the wall and lose, it does make you a, a better player at the game it actually does you know elevate your skills to actually have to be like okay i'm fighting real people i need to figure out what strategies actually work instead of fighting the computer and just figuring out ways to cheese it 
Um, so I'm excited they're making a sixth one. You know, I don't really know what direction it's going to go into, but um, Ryu looked really big in the trailer. And the new character, Steve, I think his name's Steve. Oh, shoot. It's definitely not Steve. Luke. Uh, he's going to be in there, and he has big, muscly forearms, so that's cool. Um, but really, they didn't show enough to really get super excited about. Um, and before I close it out, I know we're going to talk about Peacemaker. I did want to mention uh, The Legend of Vox Machina wrapped up this last week. And as someone who watched Critical Role and watched you know them play these sessions live, I thought the animated uh rendition of this kind of arc was very fun i really i thoroughly enjoyed the show quite a bit i do recommend it to people i think i had high expectations that this show would be able to really catapult them into like a higher level but like overall i just it was good it was fun and enjoyable it wasn't really earth shattering um and again like it's a good first effort i think they got picked up for a second season so it'd be interesting to see where they go from here, um, and my biggest criticism, I mentioned the first week, and it's still, um, I, I really hope they kind of change their opening title because I, I feel they really missed the mark on it, like having a really dope uh, opening song, especially because they've done, they've killed that in the live show. They've had so many cool, fun, even this new one, which they started on season three, which I wasn't a big fan of at first, has totally grown on me. And to have the animated show like have a song with no lyrics and not really have much of an identity to it was kind of lackluster, but overall I really enjoyed the show. So I do definitely rec recommend it. Um, that's all I got. All right. Um, we're about to spoil peacemaker a fair amount of it, I guess. Um, so I don't Stefan cares because he hasn't watched the show. So no, I, I have really, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not anti the show in any way. I'm not like, you know, vetoing it or boycotting it or like, even doubting that it's good, I just vehemently do not care. Like, maybe I just, I, I talked to why, Mark about it. I why vehemently? World, it's like, because DC doesn't matter to me. Like, it's even if it, like, you guys already talk about Batman. I'm going to see it. It'll probably be good. I find Batman atrociously boring. Like, it just, DC just doesn't carry anything to me because it's been so mediocre for so long that, like, even though I enjoyed that, the James Gunn Suicide Squad that this Peacemaker character comes from. But it's like, you know, I'm not telling anyone out there to go watch it. It's like, good for you, DC. Like, you did something better for once. Like, that's about usually what I feel from DC. So it's just, and I also, I talked about Mark. I live in a world where fucking YouTube spoils everything anyways right now. Like, even the shows I do watch, like, the show could have just stopped airing but all the thumbnails are immediately spoiling everything yeah, that's, so that's I've, I've been a little immunized against it it's just because like you know mandalorian boba fett and all that like people can't wait to show you what the big reveal in every episode is nowadays that it's like i just ag admit that i'm gonna have a level of spoilers into pretty much everything i walk into these days but yeah so I, I, again i'm not like you know casting any judgment on it I, I probably will check it and that's why i'm down to listen is maybe your guys conversation will finally give me a little nudge to finally start it because i just haven't ever felt motivated to start it okay so um those of you who are looking to check this show out and don't want to listen to us do the spoiler we'll be back next week we're gonna see if bobby green pulled off a miracle leaning pretty strongly towards no on that um but we'll also talk about UFC 272, which is happening the following Saturday. 
uh, headlined by a fight that definitely needs to be a main event. Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, co-main event, Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Fizave, which is going five rounds, which actually is a pretty good fight. It's just, anyway, here we are. Uh, Barboza and Bryce Mitchell, Kevin Holland, Alex Oliveira, Sergey Spevic, Greg Hardy. There's a whole bunch of fights that can main event a fight night card, is what it looks like. Maybe not the Greg Hardy one. Um, but anyway. Hey, Jessica I still in the UFC. She's on the card. Um, all right. Um, Peacemaker. Um, I think we talked early on about the show when it first started, Mike, if I'm not mistaken. I think we did it, where we talked about, like, this is a character from the Suicide Squad played by John Cena. Um, I don't necessarily think you will, you had to have seen the movie to watch this show because I think they catch you up really quickly. You know, that little, um, almost like a, they, at the beginning, they had like, um, it was almost like a previously on type thing, right? If I'm not mistaken, where they're like, this is where Peacemaker came from. He was, you know, in the hospital. He's a dick. Works for Amanda Waller. All that stuff. Um, eight episode season. Um, James Gunn very heavily involved. I think he directed the last episode too and the first one. Um, I thought it was really good. Just top to bottom. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought John Cena, we talked about it a bunch, Mark and I, at least. We're like, John Cena really fucking went for it, man. Like, John Cena gave us everything he had here. I mean, John Cena was acting. He was, you know, he was being funny. He was doing acting. He was doing action. He was crying. There were some emotional scenes there. And I believed him the whole time. There was no point where, like, I didn't believe him with his role, with what he was saying about what was happening. Can so I wants- ask? Go ahead. I've I've made the, the the bold proclamation. I know it's a real low bar, guys, but to me, best wrestler turned actor is Dave Batista because I believe he plays characters. That when Dave Batista is an actor, I see a character that he's playing. Whereas Dwayne Johnson is perpetually the Rock as a architect, yeah. the Rock as a the Rock pilot, is Arnold, the, the Rock, rock is as playing, a cop, right? The Rock is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what the Rock is now. When Arnold was just in movies as Arnold, basically. For like 30 years. That's what The Rock is. Um, Does no, John, John Cena lose himself into the character that you don't see John Cena? I think you I, – I mean, look, it's hard not to see John Cena after him being John Cena as a character for 20 years. But he is in no way resembling John Cena in any way, I feel. You know? At no point did I think, oh, wow, John, like John Cena, the 16-time WWE champion, is really having sex with this alien, huh? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> – yeah, that happens. <laughs> um. I thought, honestly, the show doesn't work if John Cena isn't good in it. I think there's a lot of scenes where it's just him and an eagle or him and that, you know, and the butterfly. Um, I had no idea who the guy who plays Vigilante was. Mike, remember we looked him up and we're like, he was in Game of Thrones for like two seconds or was that? We didn't know what he was in for. You're you're thinking of the guy who plays the uh, generic generic white dude from uh, Umbrella Academy. Um... The guy who plays Vigilante was in um, that show about the Victorian age with black people in it. Um, Mike, as someone who's very... Oh, he, was in, uh, he, he was in Harry Potter. That was what he was in. That was he, was he, also, someone who, he was also one of the brothers in that show from Shonda Rhimes. That, uh, you know, it was like Victorian and the Duke was a black dude and it was about sex and shit. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't. No, I, I need you to backtrack because Bridgerton. someone who, who is, is probably That's the, the most uh, critical Bridgerton. of Umbrella Academy of anyone I know. Who is the generic white guy in Umbrella Academy to you? 
Well, in this case, the generic white guy was the massive ape. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say. That's... Oh, the one who was—he uh, had the dumb name, right? He Num- was the, number uh, one. God, I was, was like, dumb I, name. I thought the guy who played. Uh, speaking of, I thought the guy from Umbrella Academy was being played by the same guy from Blue Mountain State State for at least the first two episodes of uh, that. It looked very similar. Just saying. Um, I just thought the show was really well done, and it did. You could tell they didn't know. I mean, they obviously didn't know because the show got picked up for a second season a week ago. So they obviously didn't know they were going to get a second season at the end of this first one. So they they wrapped up the first season, but there's still plenty of room for it to go more places. Um, and I guess James Gunn said there's a different spinoff he's going to do off a different with a different Suicide Squad character. I just don't who know else, who that would who be. Who else would it be? It wouldn't. I don't think it'd be Idris Elba. I mean, we right? all want Mark. Look, everybody wants it to be Harley Quinn. I think. Yeah. Even though the Harley Quinn cartoon is probably better than any show they're going to put out there. I just don't think Margot Robbie's going to commit to a TV show. Even if it I is thought HBO. Polka Dot Guy stole the Suicide Squad, so yeah, I like that'd that be great too. Yeah. Um, I like everything with the damn eagle in this show. I don't know why, but everything the eagle did was good. And um, Danielle Brooks from um, Orange, Orange is the New, is Black. New Black. Yeah. Playing uh, Adebayo, which was a totally original character. Uh, wasn't someone from any of the books. Really good character. I thought she was good, and the lady who played uh, Har- what's her name? Harcourt. Har- Harcourt. She was really good, too. Everybody played their roles pretty well, and um, I don't know. I think the show did a lot. It made you care about these people. I think they did a good. They told a good story. Um, Mike, what'd you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I would really recommend it to, to Steph if he's going to make me watch a show about a fucking cosplayer. Um, I think he can give Peacemaker an episode or two. Uh, John Cena is really fucking good um, in this show. I, I, I don't know if he's a good actor or not, or if he was just perfect for this role of Peacemaker. I do remember the little bit part he had in that Amy Schumer movie. Uh, I think it was Trainwreck, where yeah. he was he was very funny in that role as well. And I think one of the strong points that john cena has is that he doesn't have an issue with putting himself out there and possibly embarrassing himself with the things they ask him to do in these roles which uh-huh. makes it i think very brave and, and endearing that that he does it um even the times when he has a a very big potty mouth in this show you can see where it's to your point, Steph, when you're like, all right, the, do you ever just think it's Peacemaker or do you just think it's John Cena as Peacemaker? Um, I think of it as Peacemaker because I don't really see, oh, this is the dude with the, you know, with the Technicolor shirts and with the never give up and like, you know, giving the, the, the salute sign and like, you know, visiting cancer kids and shit. No, like the, to me, I didn't even think of any of that while watching Peacemaker. It was visiting cancer kids and shit. That's the one that has to be that. <laughs> the man has visited so many <laughs> cancer kids, just piles and piles is what John Cena's done. Y'all just y'all just couldn't let me roll 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 with that, right? Like <laughs> visiting. I realized as champ. I said it, I could have said that better, but yeah. you guys uh, just had to harp on that. Yeah, mm. thank you. Uh, 
But I thought he was really good on it. I thought he was the 1A, 1B, and 1C star of this show. Um, definitely would love to see a second season. Yeah, I'm excited for a second season too. Maybe longer than eight episodes. Though I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel it didn't feel rushed either. Eight, eight is perfect for me. I right. like, I'm a big fan of eight to ten episodes of your show, man. You know, it's like I was, I've been watching Daredevil back, and I'm like, this season doesn't doesn't need to be 13 episodes. We could have trimmed this up. <laughs> let, let me let me get one, get it. Let me edit this thing a little bit. We can knock a lot of this show out. Um, Marcus, I mean, I know you think of the show. You and I talk about it every time we watch an episode. Um, what'd you think of how it ended? What'd you think? I know you were you, the cameos were spoiled for you a little bit, but what'd you think of uh, how the show wrapped up? And your yeah, thoughts on the um, show as a whole. Yeah, kind of like what Steph mentioned before. I the, Probably like the big cameo at the season finale was ruined for me. I mean, should, should we even say what it is? I mean, it's we're doing spoilers, right? Not like it matters, but but it was. And and honestly, like it knowing it was coming really didn't ruin it. it I think if I didn't know, it would have been like, well, that's kind of surprising or whatever. But it wouldn't have made that scene so much more. Str- I mean, I, I kind of saw it was it was going to come or whatever, and it. It, it was totally fine. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I agree with you guys. I enjoyed this show a lot more than I thought I would, e- even to the sentiment that Steph said, like, I, I enjoyed the the newer Suicide Squad. But even in that movie, it's not like I really liked Peacemaker as a character or thought he did anything particularly even interesting in that movie necessarily. You know, he was he had some fun scenes. I think when he was killing some people and kind of explaining his background, it was kind of interesting. But even in that ensemble cast, he wasn't a huge standout, which kind of made it all the more interesting even before that movie was out. Like, oh, they're doing a spinoff series with this character. It's like of all the interesting personalities that they had in that movie, like Peacemaker wasn't one that I was like, oh, I need to see more of this guy. Um, the show rectifies that pretty quickly. Um, and like you said, it really does get carried on the weight of John Cena and his ability. I, I think Mike really put it out there. Why? Because that's it's the same thing I was thinking when watching the show. I was like, man, he's. And I keep saying this to Bobby, and it has like a really negative conversation. Like, but it's I don't mean it to be that way, but like John Cena's fucking trying. Like he is putting everything into this. And it could just be that, you know, um instead of saying trying, you know, he's really just fully committing to the role or whatever. Um and I feel like the series overall hits the mark more than it misses. But it does miss. Like there are definitely some scenes where I was like, this scene isn't super necessary, or like the joke they're going for here would have landed stronger like two or three years ago. And I'll ruin some fucking jokes here. They talk about the Mandela effect with the Bernstein Bears about like, oh, I thought it was Barnstein. I can't. I don't remember what exactly it was. That that was a topic that was on the internet like two years ago, and it's just like. I get it. You're trying to be edgy and fun. And in this particular case, you know, it's just some writer saw it on Reddit and threw it in there. And I think, yeah, that's what it felt like. like, (laughs) It's an interesting, it was an interesting conversation two years ago when it first came and you were like, I thought it was Burton, you know, and everyone had that, but it's, it's kind of thing that's kind of passed. And and they had like a joke about Louis CK, which I think was all right, but it was still kind of like, we're kind of past this a little bit. That, that, those being the negative things overall, like I did thoroughly enjoy the show. Um, I think what I really enjoyed about this, this is something that I think they looked at what Marvel and Disney has been doing and being like, okay, let's pump some fucking money into this and let's not treat this as a television show. It being second tier and treat this as big as we would any big feature movie. And I think that really pays dividends. Like there was no expense spared in in this program, in this series. And and that's why I was a little concerned while I did really like it. I was like, 
I don't know if it's going to be popular enough to justify them doing this again and putting the money into it. So hearing that they're arguing a second season that it has been that successful um, is really, you know, cool to see because they took a swing. You know, this was a property that was not well established or anything like that. It didn't have an MCU building this character up. You had one movie. It, like you know I said, what it which, felt like? Mm-hmm. Marcus, apologize. It feels like mm-hmm. they knew they knew they wanted to make a splash with the movies hadn't been going well. They're like, look, we'll get James Gunn who mm-hmm. no one knew what the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and he turned right. it into now a third movie's coming, right? Um, and I'm sure whatever deal he probably cut, he was just like, you know, maybe had some sort of option to do some TV stuff with HBO Max also. And I, I guess Suicide Squad performed as well, or if not better than they wanted it to, and they let him go for it. Um, I think this was a matter of going out and getting somebody they wanted to and giving him the freedom to actually, like, build the show build the stuff he wanted to build like i don't i it feels i could be well could be wrong but it feels like james gunn got to make the exact show he wanted to make yeah it would be surprising if that wasn't the case if there was over it's a show that you wouldn't think a board of directors would okay it'd be like do we really need to cgi the eagle this well because he has to hug him there's a lot of eagle there was, there was a lot of things where it's like if I was a producer of a television show and my biggest you know concern was financials, it'd be like, do we really have to do this? Can't we cut some corners? There was no corners cut in this show, and I think it absolutely helped the show because I think a lot of times we can tell as the viewer where it's like this was cut for budgetary reasons or this what they couldn't play this out the way they probably wanted to because of financial reasons. And it doesn't seem like that was the case at all. And like you said, Bobby, it does just seem like they were like, you know what? We have complete trust in you as a creator, as a writer, as a director. We're going to kind of let you go nuts here. And that backfires a lot. I, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of projects where that happens and things turn out right. You know, I think a lot of times that does blow up in a lot of studios faces and that's why they don't allow that to happen. It probably also was going to be a good sign for them going forward. if They want to get more people to like more directors to come work for their stuff. Like, hey, man, we'll let you do this. Like they like, they'll, you know, James Gunn will be able to like, I'm sure I don't know what hot young directors out there, but they can all call James Young, James Gunn and say, how involved was, you know, Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. with this is like, well, they told me, you know, like I mean, did hear that, like. They were he wasn't for the cameo, which look, I'm we've spoiled it already. Um, when Aquaman and Flash show up, okay, I mean, the Justice League, the Superman, the Justice Wonder League Woman is there. I guess they didn't film it, but they didn't feel Wonder Woman, but I guess they like they told them you could use these characters, you could not use those characters, yada yada yada. You know, it, there's that too, and that probably was the only time where it felt like okay, <laughs> this was a financial restraint because they oh, they, they got her, they got what's her name's uh, body double to film it. I just saw okay, because uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just, just to tell you, like. There's a little Justice League cameo, and you see Aquaman, The Flash, Superman, and Wonder Woman come down. But Superman and Wonder Woman are really silhouetted. There's a lot yes. of shadows <laughs> where you don't really see their faces as much. You do see Aquaman and Flash have a little back and forth, which was very fun, but it was like... You also know him also, but they they probably called Jason Momoa and said, are you down for this? And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you know Jason yeah. Momoa. The joke they tell about Aquaman too. you're like, oh, you know, he's just like, fuck yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. I don't uh, care. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really at the end of the day, it, it was a really good show. And to to convince Steph or whatever, I mean, I, I, I have full confidence Steph will watch it whenever – he cycles around to it. And and I do, and I would not be surprised if you do watch and be like, okay, this was kind of better than I thought, even after hearing us praise it. 
Um, because that's, that's the same thing. Stefan likes my, James Gunn. Stefan's getting to this eventually. Yeah, and I, I know think that. that <laughs> I, I told eventually. my brother-in-law the same thing. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Peacemaker started it. It's actually pretty good. And he was like, yeah, you know, I saw Suicide. People Squad been burned like, by DC though. Stefan's got yeah. a good point. I mean, that's part but of like, it. Even, even then, trust. like just last weekend, he was at the uh, he was hanging out with us, and he's like, oh, do you guys watch Peacemaker? I was like. Yeah, we're, we're watching. I told you to watch it. You, you don't tell me to watch. It. I already told. I recommended it to you. And he's like, "Yeah, it was, it was a lot better than I expected." So I, I, I completely understand kind of the hangups with. Yeah, DC has does not have a perfect track record. I think especially when you look at their television shows and you know you look at some of the stuff with uh, the CW or whatever. This is in a league of its own, really. And, and I haven't seen Doom Patrol, which I also heard is very good as well, but I would be surprised if it's at kind of the level that this show, I think this it's show not. is unique in that it had a unique vision. It had a very unique, uh, you know, creator kind of driving that vision and they had the financials to back it up. You really can't ask. Let, let me tell you, buddy, uh, Doom Patrol, who I watched the first season of Doom Patrol, the budget's a TV show. It doesn't look cheap necessarily, but you're like, they are doing like that. That shot with when all the butterflies arrive in the space, the little spaceships, and they descend on the town. That whole like interlude in in a Peacemaker mm -hmm. was one of the coolest shots of a TV show I've seen in a while. That was just the whole that stretch right there. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I um, if John Cena is gonna actually do different characters and stuff. This is really cool, man. I hope he does more of it. Um, I know he. Didn't he get picked to? Didn't he sign up for some other series? Oh, he did the he did the Fast movie, and I guess he's part of the the family. He might be in another Fast movie. So there wasn't a lot of acting in that one for John Cena. If I'm being honest, is he there an insight for the Fast and the Furious? Are they going for a number where we're like going to finally tie up this whole I think adventure? I think ten I think, or eleven, right? I think the last one. I think they this next one is the last one. I think. I mean, stuff. My motherfuckers went to space in the last one. Okay. Oh, boys we're, in outer space, man. We're, we're, if, if we're gonna follow the Saints Row traject trajectory, the next is like we got to do simulations. And so, stuff. so what kind of what kind of car will terraform Mars? What 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 is the proper vehicle to begin that process? Yeah. Um. And shout out, of course, to the T one thousand playing uh, Peacemaker's dad. Um. It's it's not easy to play a truly vile person, I think, in a lot of TV shows. I don't know if people are willing to go for it. Like, but there was not a single fucking thing redeeming about that. Name is game. Robert Patrick as well. I know. Give that man give that man his credit. No, dude, it's ninety it's since ninety two he's been the T one thousand. No one cares about his name. All right. It's not gonna happen now, all of a sudden, thirty years later. Um But he uh it's hard to be I think like honestly, to be truly a villain, villain, villain. That not a, I mean, unless you're you yourself are a horrible person, could find a single redeeming quality about his character as Augie, um, aka, give me the name again, White Dragon. Like, I mean, that shit was some nightmarish stuff with his fucking clansman fucking Iron Man suit. His that was one, nuts. he has one redeeming quality. He made those sweet sweet helmets for Peacemaker. Well, that's true. <laughs> when she fucking gets the torpedo. <laughs> really good um i just like the show man I'm, I'm excited for a second season and i just saw that james gunn is engaged to um hardcore hardcore so mazel tov to no. them just happened apparently yesterday or at least they no. announced it yesterday <laughs> so he had to make sure they he had to make sure you know he got a season two man you know james gunn is gonna not gonna do with any like anybody who gets cut after one year you know the quality person who's gonna bring bring income to the family
Um, anyway, that's all I got. That's all we got for Peacemaker. I think anybody want to say anything besides we hope there's a second season? <laughs> we, hope, we hope the second season's good, I guess. Um, yeah, no. For a, spoiler conversa- for a spoiler conversation, you guys didn't spoil shit. <laughs> like, the way you talk about it, you didn't really well, reveal I, any yeah. plot threads for me. And, like, the I, I guess I, I get it. There's some whimsical characters. But, like, I actually, yeah, I'll go into the show not really having any, like, expectation of what to see so no no worries it was no it was no problem with me sitting in on it you know yeah um guys we'll be back next week as i mentioned we're gonna talk about this pay-per-view coming up see if bobby green pulled off a miracle or we're gonna say does islam makachev gotta fight somebody else in the top five now um if i'm wrong my owen one will live in infamy the rest of the year if i'm right mike will ignore my one and oh and just leave it and i didn't really count because i'm not actually doing this so accurate cheers accurate you know, you got, you're going to get yourself a mini version of a belt, Stefan, like a wristwatch, right? We're going to do the, the belt buckle one, you know? Exactly. Um, all right. I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. That was DJ Mark. And that was, you saw, you heard him, Kid Presentable. Back next week. Thank you all so much. Peace out. See you. Peace.